Welcome back to the Equipoise Podcast. Today's episode, The Disability Dilemma. Over the years in my ministry, I've encountered my share of difficult situations that require a lot of nuance, plenty of questions, and careful handling of the circumstances on a case-by-case basis, but perhaps none quite as often as the topic at hand today. Today and next week, and possibly the week after, I'd like to address something that appears to be affecting the United States at alarmingly high rates. The Disability Dilemma. This might not seem like a topic worthy of tackling, but it impacts far too many homes and workplaces and even churches in one way or another to remain unaddressed. I hope to show you what I mean in the time that we have together, but we're not going to get too deeply into the weeds or attempt a balanced solution to this dilemma until next week or the week after. For this week, we're going to spend our time together talking about what the disability dilemma is by defining terms and limiting our scope. So let's jump right in. So then, what do I mean by the disability dilemma? In brief, it's a sort of shorthand describing a facet of a culture that either experiences, assigns, or claims some form of disability in generally high numbers. By disability, I'm referring to medical disability in loose terms. That is, an impairment of some kind that prohibits normal function or necessitates accommodation in at least one area of life. More specifically, the CDC defines it as, quote, any condition of the body or mind that makes it more difficult for the person with the condition to do certain activities and interact with the world around them, end quote. Now, you might hear that and say, well, pretty much anyone can fall into that category depending on who you ask. And I suppose that by that particular definition, you might be right. My hearing aids and glasses are good indicators that I have more difficulty interacting with the world around me without some sort of help. So I suppose that one could call me disabled by this definition alone. But is that really what we're talking about when we talk about people who are disabled, at least in our culture? I don't think it is. As a result, despite my impairments qualifying me and perhaps your impairments qualifying you for this particular unhelpfully broad definition provided by the CDC, I don't think people like me are why we have a taxpayer-funded allotment of money for people with disabilities. So then, what do we mean by disabled? Who is disabled, really? People who were born with no limbs? People who have generalized tonic-clonic seizures every hour? What about people who treated their bodies very poorly for 40 years and now cannot work due to a plethora of self-inflicted health issues? Uh, What about people who are overweight or out of shape, people who are depressed? Who exactly is disabled? And that's really a tricky question because in one sense, we've got to define it in order to move on with this podcast. In another sense, it's exactly the question this podcast is attempting to answer in a balanced way. So Let's see if we can't narrow down the meaning early by petitioning the Social Security Administration, which is the agency here in America that qualifies people for disability and disperses the monies every month to assist disabled people. They're the ones writing the checks that come out of our collective wallets. What do they say it means to be truly disabled in the United States? While the nature of this question and the uniqueness of each case prohibits the possibility of a short and simple blanket answer that applies to everyone equally, the Social Security Administration lists some qualifications beyond being simply impaired or inconvenienced that must be met in order to receive disability income. Perhaps most importantly among these, the disability has to be, according to Social Security, quote, severe enough to prevent an individual from doing any gainful activity, end quote. So that should be our working definition of disability, if still somewhat unhelpful due to its brevity and lack of nuance. Disabled means unable to provide for oneself. 
Now, before you get ahead of me on this one, let me stop you right there. You and I both are probably acquainted with an individual or two who, in your opinion, or perhaps based on your expert observations, could absolutely get a job doing something who are still on disability nonetheless, and I get that. So we know that the definition provided probably isn't bulletproof or followed in every case to the letter, granted, and we're going to cover objections like this next week. But, at least for now, we're looking at a working metric. The goal of disability assistance in the United States is to help those who truly cannot provide for themselves. Now, with that said, let's go back to my assertion at the beginning that America does have a disability dilemma. I don't think that most people would be too surprised to hear that America fits well within this category of cultures dealing with this disability dilemma when they see that we have a staggering 61 million people living with a disability, according to the CDC, and at least 14 million of them are receiving a regular disability check from the government. That's not including the 1.2 million new disability cases that are claimed to have arisen as a result of the COVID-19 event in America. Outside of the CDC and the Social Security Administration, the website for the Americans with Disability Act, the ADATA.org, states that according to a 2010 survey of income and program participation, approximately 56.7 million Americans have a disability. Now, all that being said, let me say right from the outset of this miniseries that I am not mentioning these numbers with the goal of calling into question the validity of all of these claims of disability, nor am I excoriating the concept of taking care of those among us who are disabled. I don't want anyone to hear those numbers and say, yeah, right, there's just no way there's that many disabled Americans out there. Most of those people are faking. Let me just say that I hope you'd be willing to set aside any preconceived beliefs about most disability claims just for this brief miniseries. Your experiences are valid, and I'm not going to say that there's no one abusing the system, and I'll even agree that there are gaping areas of opportunity for improvement in the system as a whole, but you need to know that you're not presently listening to someone who's on the hunt for fraudulent disability claims or looking to prove that everyone can just pick themselves up and work through their debilitating illness or handicap. That's ridiculous, immoral, and ultimately antichrist. The fact that we as a nation have worked hard to build a program to take care of those who cannot provide for themselves is overtly Christ-like and should be applauded and imitated by nations around the world. So in this introductory episode to this miniseries, I hope to have carefully but truthfully asserted that there is a staggering number of people in America who claim to be or are disabled in some way, sometimes to the extent of being unable to provide for themselves, and that presents a crisis that needs remedied in some way to some degree. The nature of that remedy and the root causes for the dilemma are subjects reserved for the next episode or two, but sufficient for the day is that we come to grips with the fact that scores of millions of people are reported disabled in America, most of whom are between the ages of 21 and 64, so we're not talking about elderly frailty at play here. We're talking about scores of millions of people who we would normally expect to be healthy and able-bodied, but are instead telling us that their bodies are not working correctly and that they need help just to live. That's the dilemma one with which we live, regardless of the veracity of all claims or causes for the dilemma. Are there solutions? I think there are. Are they simple? They are not. One thing I will say, though, as we enter into this discussion and wind down this first episode, is that, as with anything, there's two unhelpful extremes in approaching this topic. The one extreme, about which we all already tend to be especially aware in America, particularly in conservative circles, is an extreme that seems to assign disability to everyone grimacing while grabbing their back or everyone who's overweight or complains about a phantom disease. We all know that such abuses of the system exist, and we wince at our paychecks knowing that such injustices and misappropriations occur. This extreme does exist, and it is harmful in many ways. But don't forget about the other extreme, too which is just as immoral, if not more so. 
It's an extreme that is callous, selfish, and naive. This is when you insist that everyone should just toughen up and get back out there. Now, I know you just had three concussions and you're paralyzed from the neck down, but my grandfather lost all four of his limbs in the war and still went on to be a concrete pourer until he died at the ripe old age of 116. And don't you know that Jesus can help you? Haven't you ever read Philippians 4.13? Come on. I'm being facetious, of course, to display that there will always be anecdotal evidence as to why anyone can just pull themselves up by their bootstraps and hop in the saddle. But with respect to this, I also think that with an aging workforce and an abysmal standard American diet, more on that when we address causes later, we need to inject a lot more compassion into the discussion. And above all, as Christians, we should be the first in line to be compassionate and help others. If we must err, let it be on the side of compassion and bountiful generosity. This doesn't mean abandoning discernment, of course, but it also means not automatically assuming that Helen Keller should go get a job at McDonald's. Next week, I'm going to address some objections that arise when speaking about disability in the United States, particularly those who insist that most disability claims are fraudulent or arbitrary or self-induced. Then, I'll move to discuss what I think the cause of the disability dilemma is, which may or may not surprise you depending on how well you know me, and then we'll move toward a solution in the last podcast episode. I hope you'll stay tuned, and of course I hope you'll, until next time, stay balanced.